Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 41 of the World of Sports podcast. I'm your host, Diego Sandoval, joined, as always, uh, by my co-host, Logan Ring. Logan, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? We've got a great episode for you. Um, One of the first episodes in a while where we have football, basketball, and baseball on the same episode. It's great. That's what we do. Football has been kind of dormant recently, but there's been some news in the past couple weeks. Um, and then obviously baseball season is back in full swing as it is pretty much summertime. And that, that's when baseball takes over. Um, and then again, first round NBA playoffs are, are going on right now. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, let's let's uh, before we get into it. What am I doing? Follow us on our social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can find us by just looking up the World of Sports podcast. Uh, also, if you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, it means a lot. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give us a rating, give us a like, give us a follow, give us, share us if, if, if you like us that much. Um, but uh, yeah, those are a bunch of things you can do to help us out. Uh, and it would mean a lot. Let's jump right into it with the NFL. And again, like I said, it's the NFL's in its post-draft lull where OTAs are starting to kickoff um uh you know players are starting to come back to to wherever their training facility is and it's starting you know they're starting to to train for the upcoming season however there are three guys that who are some of the best at their position if not the best at their position some may argue that just don't want to show up and that's for different reasons uh we're going to start with probably the bigger bigger kind of it's it's caught on more in the past week or so and that's julio jones he wants out of atlanta and i mean for being honest don't really blame him atlanta he's not going to win there matt ryan is probably in his last season so that's kind of messed up that he's just like kind of hanging him out to dry that's kind of been his guy his whole career um but i don't know did you see how how julio jones like how the news broke no so it was kind of messed up to be honest, but so Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless have their show. I think it's undisputed. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, I guess Shannon Sharp and Julio Jones have a really close relationship. And these have been rumors flying around for a little bit that Julio doesn't want to come back, but Shannon Sharp called him live on TV. Oh no. Didn't, didn't tell Julio he was live. Did nothing. And he goes, Julio, you, you playing in Atlanta next year? He, and Julio, you can just hear him from the other guy. He goes, Nah, I'm out of there. I'm getting out. And they're like, and Skip Bayless is like, does he know he's live? <laughs> and then Shannon just like disregarded it and just like, God. was like, well, you better not go to the Cowboys because you're not going to win with the Cowboys. And Julio <laughs> goes, I know, I know. <laughs> so that's a kind a little bit messed up. That's rough. But that's rough. I mean, I guess he had already requested a trade from the Falcons. It just wasn't public information. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it was bound to get out at some point, but it's kind of kind of shady that Shannon Sharp did it that way without even saying anything. Like, I hey, can't believe I haven't seen that. Like, hey, you're on Fox Sports' number one sports talk show right now, and <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's kind of a little bit messed up. But I, I, he wants out. Obviously, I think the Falcons are asking for a first round pick, which uh, I don't know if they're going to necessarily get that. Um, He's pretty old, pretty banged up. But when he is healthy, he is one of the best 
probably top three receivers in the NFL. So you got to take that into account. I'm sure a team is going to take a chance on him. I just pray to God it's not the Patriots because <laughs> if they somehow manage to get good again, it's going to be annoying. But yeah, Julio Jones is one. And then, you know, I'm just going to go through the people who are unhappy, the three people. And then we're going to talk a little bit about just players and their power in, in situations like this. The second one that also has gotten a lot of news recently is Aaron Rodgers. He, his team, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he won the MVP last year, two-time MVP, Super Bowl champion. He, he's a Packer, right? You, you think of Aaron Rodgers, you think of the Packers, you think of the Packers, you think of Aaron Rodgers. But he just doesn't want to be there anymore. Uh, he didn't show up for OTAs. Um, he, he called it a philosophy difference, which whatever that means, I don't really know. <laughs> He's got a, they've got a phenomenal team around him. He's got the best receiver in the game last year. Uh, one of the better O-lines and one of the better defenses in the, in the game. So I don't know if he wants more, but whatever philosophy difference means, I don't know. He just doesn't vibe with the front office probably. Um, but he, he's vacationing in Hawaii right now. And like just posting <laughs> pictures on his Instagram. I think his girlfriend right now, I think that's like his, eighth that he's had during his career um just posting pictures he's like on the beach going on hikes so he doesn't seem very phased by all of this um i don't know what they're gonna do with him um but like i said they've got a team around him i don't know what they could have done differently um but he just doesn't yeah, want to be there it's another it situation seems like, like that something behind the scenes because I don't really understand the situation. If if we don't know a reason for this, then there's something that just hasn't come out yet, and I'm sure it will at some point, but it's just kind of weird. Yeah, and it's been a shaky relationship ever since last – not not last offseason, offseason before – or no, last offseason. The uh, Packers drafted Jordan Love with their first-round pick, a quarterback, and they didn't tell Rodgers he wanted a wide receiver – obviously. Um, so the, and they go out and draft a, a young kid who could have started somewhere in the NFL, but instead they bring him in. And so he's kind of like, why'd you do that? You know, but um, then he goes out and is the MVP. So yep. <laughs> like he kind of showed him like, you shouldn't have done that. And now I guess just once out. So Aaron Rodgers, again, it'll probably something will probably come out soon about something that we just don't know. But as of right now, we just wait, I guess, for, for really all of these guys. But for the next guy, that's kind of a, a weird situation, and I'll get to that right now, and that's Deshaun Watson. We've talked about him in the past. I don't think he's going anywhere with 30 sexual assault allegations. <laughs> like, I don't, think, I don't think a team wants to trade for a guy like that right now. He's in jeopardy of missing a lot of time in the NFL. Because if you think about it, if, if he gets charged or whatever it is, found you know guilty, usually a, a domestic abuse is like four, six, eight week suspension in the NFL. And if, I mean, with the amount that he has, he's bound to get, you know, charged with at least a couple <laughs> or arrested so, I mean, or, or arrested. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Again, professional athletes, they always kind of find a way to do stuff, but um, 
uh, he, he, he basically he's not helping his case for the wanting out of Houston. <laughs> yeah, like at all. I think we talked about this situation in like episode twenty, so yeah. like <laughs> like four or five months ago or something. Uh, and I used to feel bad for him. This is a really weird situation. Now I absolutely don't feel bad for him, but yeah, a little bit different than the other ones. I'm really curious to see what happens because I really don't know. But yeah, somehow this is still a story. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to to the main talking point. You know, you look at guys like Aaron Rodgers, Julio Jones, Deshaun Watson, um, in the NBA, James Harden, uh, I mean, we've seen it in the past, however many times. Guys request trades. In some sports, it happens a lot quicker than in others. Um, and the NFL is one of the ones where players don't really have much power. Uh, the NBA actually is getting getting to a point where players are starting to have the bulk of the power. I mean, the prime example is James Harden. He wanted out. He got out pretty quick. Um, and... In the NFL, it just seems like that they keep guys around because that they can. Like, there's really yeah. it, it, it's they have the, the system where if you don't show up, you're getting fined, and if you don't show up, you're not going to get your money. So it's like, what are you going to do? And I think it's sh- it's tough to say what direction they should go because, in one hand, you know you want guys to play, like you don't want them to just. And you don't want super teams. I feel like it's not a fun thing, especially in the NFL. I feel like in the NFL, if there's a super team, there's there's no competing. Like with with them, there being 16 games and every game is like one game in the playoffs. It's a lot different than if there were a super team in the NBA. And part of giving the teams some power is preventing that. And I think if we gave a lot of power to the players, it would just cause chaos in the nfl yeah i'm i'm more like i i understand the nba and i guess the mlb more with like player empowerment uh and everything but i mean i don't know in the nfl it just it seems like the the teams like have just the ultimate power over all the players which is understandable to a certain extent but it feels like if somebody wants to be traded like aaron Rodgers, and he's not like making a big deal out of it. Like he's not coming out and saying like, Oh, they did this and this and this. He just says, I want to get traded. Like he's been there his whole career. I mean, there's some situations where it's like, yeah, that guy should be able to ask to get traded and he should get traded. Um, But I understand what you're saying with other guys too. Like nobody wants a super team that's happened in other sports too. It just sucks. Like it, it makes the whole like season. And then like the next couple of years, even sometimes like, I don't even want to watch it because it's like, we know who's winning. Um, so I understand both sides. I feel like the NFL is a little bit shady with people who just, they, they just want money is basically what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Um, and players are just like their product, which I mean, that sucks. Like that's just kind of messed up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird situation because I don't really know what to do to like solve it. Um, but I think it's going in that direction, at least a little, because other sports are doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like the, what the NFL can, the NFL can't really do much. I think it really comes down to teams or front offices and players negotiating contracts that has, you know, terms in it that says, Hey, if I don't like it here, like I have the right to, you know, get traded and you're going to like, let's be honest. 
you're going to find a trade for most above average players in really all professional sports. There's going to be someone out there, one team out there out of the 30 teams that wants to get that guy. And it may not be what you necessarily, you know, wanted back, but if they don't want to be there, nothing like something is better than nothing at all. Yeah. than just not wanting to be there. So I feel like it really comes down to players kind of taking it into their own hands and being like, Hey, you drafted me or you signed me or you want to sign me. This is what I want. And if you can't give me that, then I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. It, it, and, it's a, yeah. And even like other sports, like the superstars are going to get traded if they want to like James Harden in the NBA. But as another example, like I watched JJ Reddick's podcast and he's not like a big star. Like people know who he is, but he's not like some starter on a championship team right now or anything. And he was on the Pelicans and he behind the scenes didn't come out publicly or anything. He made a deal with his owner that like with the owner of the Pelicans that he wants to get traded or bought out to like Brooklyn because that's where his um, family is. And then they traded him to like the Mavericks like six months later or something. And I saw like one report on it and then it was just done. And I know like for him, like that was a huge deal. And it's just like, I feel like the the owners need to like take responsibility too for like if they make an agreement like that then it's just like not fair to players if they just get screwed from something like that. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, I understand that like superstars should get more power to say where they want to go, but oh, yeah. But like I don't know, it's just like owners can get away with whatever they want basically. Yeah. And the more you know, I guess I was speaking more towards just like the quote-unquote average player. But the bottom line is if you're Aaron Rodgers and you just won MVP, you should be able to yeah. get what you want. And it's For like, sure. it's not, you know, because he's powerful or whatever. It's because he's gained that reputation. He's played on the Packers for, I don't even know, a decade and a half. And he's won them a Super Bowl. He's won them MVPs. He's had great seasons for them. And they're just hanging him out to dry. It's just messed up to be completely honest yeah so i mean it's an ongoing discussion debate and it's in the last couple of seasons with the in the nba and mlb a little bit mlb doesn't have as much of a problem with people requesting trades just because i feel like it's pretty obvious when it's like someone's time to go like prime example of that in the MLB is Nolan Arenado and the Rockies. He didn't really come out and be like, I hate it here. I want to go. It was more kind of like, okay, like he deserves better. And then, you know, they traded him. Um, but we are seeing a trend where players are getting more and more power. Um, and it, it, it's good, but, but also you have to try to, there, there's no win hundred percent win. I feel like for the organizations, because you want to give your players power, but then you also want to limit super teams. And I feel like those two, two things come together, like no matter what. So I don't know. It's tough to tough thing to, I guess, try to control, but yeah, we just saw this in the NBA with James Harden to the nets. So there's an example right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Julio Jones, Deshaun Watson. Again, I don't think Deshaun Watson's going anywhere anytime soon. But Julio and Aaron Rodgers, something could honestly happen overnight. So keep your eye on that. Something could happen. I don't know. Wherever either of those guys 
got, wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, they're going to be a, a playoff contender, I think, automatically because it's Aaron Rodgers. And he's not going to go to a trash team. He knows what he's doing. Um, and then Julio Jones is, when healthy, still a top five receiver in the league. So, again, wherever he goes, they're going to succeed. And that, that moves us into our next uh, sport and topic, and that's baseball. Uh, the NL West, National League West. Again, MLB is chugging along uh, as we get into June and then into the dog days of summer, as they like to call it. Um, but I wanted to talk about the NL West because uh, they are just so good. <laughs> um <laughs> The Padres are right now in first place, a half game above the Dodgers. Padres have a record of 32 and 19. Dodgers are 31 and 19. And the Giants are not far behind at 30 and 20. Um, so those are three teams out of the five teams. The, the two other two teams, Diamondbacks and Rockies, are like already 15 games behind both of these teams, or all three of these teams. <laughs> but those are three teams in the NL West that have 30 plus wins in the season and only three other teams in the entire MLB have 30 plus wins. So I don't know if it's because these guys have played the Rockies in like two series each, but, but all three of these teams are playing very good baseball. Yeah. You are a Dodgers fan. So I'm sure you're looking at this a little closer than I am, but as an outside perspective, like, well, for me, at least the giants are kind of like, I think they're good, but I don't think they're as good as their record says right now. But at least the Dodgers – well, first of all, I'm not going to, like, count out the Giants. I think Mm -hmm. that they actually do have a lot of talent, but I don't know how sustainable it is. Um, For the Dodgers and Padres, though, like, those two teams are so fun to watch. And the amount of just excitement for, like, every single series they have, like, they could be playing the worst team, and it's still fun to watch. Um, And even the Dodgers, like, I love – what's happened to the season so far. Cause they had like, they were so good. And then for some reason they were so bad. I know it's like injuries and stuff, but then they're so good again. And it's just crazy. The like turns that they've made, even with the injuries, they still have they're insane. Um, and then the Padres are just super exciting still. So I really like this entire, I, the Rockies and Diamondbacks are bad, but those three teams are fun at least. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I think the giants are, Fakers a little bit uh, to put it into perspective. They played 14 games against the Rockies. So, and like they played more, like all most of their season series against them already, which is kind of crazy. I don't know how the schedule panned out like that, but I mean, I guess the Dodgers and Padres already played each other a good amount of times. I think it was like eight or nine, something like that. Um, But I mean, dude, with the Dodgers to be a half game back from the Padres right now, Missing Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, AJ Pollock, Zach McKintree was really good the first couple of weeks of the season. And then like half of their bullpen. I mean, and Dustin May is out for the year. So that's like not guy that you can look forward to coming back. But to be a half game back of the Padres, I think that just shows again this is just a Dodger fan's perspective, but I think it just shows how deep and how good that team is. They're the best team in the league. I don't care if the Padres are half a game above. They, they still are. Yeah. And, and you know, as of right now, Padres-Dodgers have the top two ERAs in baseball. And I think the Dodgers are number one in runs scored, and the Padres are like three or four. So, I mean, both these teams are doing everything 
Like there's no, I don't, I don't think there's a weakness to either of these teams. It's just, I think the Dodgers are a little bit better in each category. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. Crazy. Um, I mean, I also want to shout out the Tampa Bay Rays though. They have 30 wins and they are, they've won like 14 of their last 15 or something crazy. And that AL least isn't bad either. Um, I guess those are the two divisions that are kind of the powerhouses right now. Yeah. The NL West and the AL East, which honestly was kind of expected, I feel like. Um, uh, I mean, a lot of people, the NL East is pretty good too, but they've all been really underperforming. Like that division has some shaky records. But you look at the AL East and I think the Rays, this is off the top of my head, but I think the Rays and the Yankees both have 30 wins. And I think, I don't know where the Blue Jays are, but I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has been one of the best hitters in baseball this season. Yeah. And that team, it's they're young, they're up and coming. And then, you know, shout out the Rays. They they kind of got they kind of got not thrown to the side this season, but almost dismissed because the Blue Jays were so hyped up and obviously the Yankees are the Yankees. But I mean, they've they've done really well. Yeah, I got the records pulled up right here for the AL East. So the Rays are 32 and 20. Hmm. The Red Sox oh, are no, 30 and 20. That's a big surprise for me, at least. Yes, yes. Yankees are 29 and 21. Blue Jays are 25 and 24. And then the Orioles are 17 and 33. <laughs> yes, the Red Sox. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the one I was forgetting. They are honestly came out of nowhere, for being honest. I had them finishing fourth in that division. Um and I think most people did. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, they haven't been good since they traded Mookie. Or yeah. I mean, even, even almost the season before they traded Mookie, they were kind of shaky. Um, so, I mean, shit, good for them. <laughs> I, I don't have anything against the Red Sox. They gave us Mookie yeah. bets. <laughs> yeah, I like the Blue Jays team a lot. They've had injuries, and I'm really happy for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He kind of was hyped up a ton and then the first couple of years he was just like kind of average so people were like i mean i think he might be good later but right now the hype is kind of dead and now i feel like it's completely back again because he's hitting like 330 with the most mm-hmm. home runs in the league so i really like this team george springer i think is back now but he's been injured like the whole season um and their pitching's okay too but i think they're just a young fun team to watch yeah and this whole I- this whole AL East is pretty good other than the Orioles. So mm-hmm. it's going to be an exciting, I guess it's going to be fun to see who comes out on top. Cause there's yeah. four teams that could still do it. AL East and West divisions to watch this season. Uh, I actually saw it before we get into the next segment, but the blue Jays posted something on either their Twitter or their Instagram. It was a graphic with Vlad Guerrero and it said 2019 overhyped. 2020 overrated 2021 best hitter in baseball, which is kind of sick because a lot of people were calling him overrated and kind of saying, Oh, if he's not good now, he's not ever going to be good. And that's just not true when he's 20 years old. Like that just, you know, guys, you know, they build into, you, you know, their full form in the, especially in the MLB when guys prime is when they're around 30 years old. So you know, usually an MLB prime is like, unless you're like a young phenom, it's like 27, 28 to like 31, 32 ish. So, I mean, yeah, Vlad Guerrero is killing it. One of the front runners for AL MVP, along with 
that guy that pitches and hits at the same time. <laughs> uh, he's honestly a top of a whole other topic we can talk about in another episode. But um, anyways, let's get to the the final segment and the final sh- uh, sport. Probably the biggest, I mean, definitely the biggest thing happening in sports right now, unless you're a big hockey fan. Um, and that is the NBA playoffs. Just to run through the series, right? The series right now, we're going to highlight a couple. Um, but the Sixers are up on the Wizards 2 0, expected. Knicks Hawks have had two very good games. They're tied 1 1. The Bucks are just rolling past the Heat. Uh, they're up 3 0. Yeah. Nets are up 2 0 on the Celtics. Jazz Grizzlies has been a fun, exciting series at 1 1. Uh, Mavs are up on the mm. Clippers 2 0. The Nuggets are up on the Blazers in a pretty good series, 2-1. And the Lakers are up on the Suns, 2-1, in a very physical series. Um, So let's start with the obvious one, the one that's garnered the most attention in the media, and that is the Clippers being down 2-0 to the Dallas Mavericks. And they just, if you don't know, they lost both games at Staples Center, and now they're going to Dallas. And the home court is pretty big in the NBA. Yeah, well, for the Clippers, it's kind of sad because they basically don't have a home court because mm-hmm. when they're at home, it's Lakers fans, basically. Um, but, man, like, I I cannot keep defending the Clippers. They're <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with them, but, like, how it's just – it's sad. It really is sad that they tanked two games to play the Mavericks because yep. it was an – easy matchup for them and then luca the 16 year old just destroys them like they can't defend him Kawhi leonard can't defend him Kawhi leonard has been bad defensively this series i don't Mm -hmm. think i've ever been able to say that and luca is just like laughing at them he's just destroying the entire team yeah and the clippers offense is not bad like even Kawhi leonard and paul george have been good this series offensively But they just cannot stop the Mavericks. Luka's destroying them single-handedly, plus the role players are better on the Mavericks so far this series. And yeah. that's why they're up 2-0. Like, it's, the Clippers just don't look good. I think a lot of people expected guys like Patrick Beverly and Paul George. I mean, Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, arguably are some of the best defenders at their position. And they still can't do anything to Luka. Yeah. And you know, a, a lot of it is like hating on the Clippers. Obviously, that's going to happen. You know that they're underperforming, but you got to give credit. The Mavericks have shot fifty percent from three both games, and who knows if that's sustainable? But it, it they just have looked so good offensively, and the Clippers just haven't had an answer. Yeah, and Ty Lue who I said was going to be okay for this series because <laughs> I've seen him on the Cavs and he coached LeBron. Well, at least I guess LeBron was the coach. LeBron coached Tyron Lue. <laughs> Tyron Lue has, he has made zero adjustments to this team. And I don't know how you stop Luca, but this is your job. This is not mine to figure it out. <laughs> and you have two of like the best wing defenders in the league. I don't care if Paul George averages like 15 points a game, put him on Luca and make that him, his assignment or put Kawhi. I would, rather have Paul George because I want Kawhi on the offensive end but like make it make it personal for someone like yeah just they're supposed to be the best defenders and Luke is destroying you like yeah. I, I don't understand even Patrick Beverly 
he at least tries. He's not been good, but he, he like just gives he his effort. Yeah, he fouls. He's been fouling yeah. way too much in those games. Like he, because he he can't play. He'll foul the in the first like five minutes. He'll rack up two to three fouls, and then he's out for the first half. <laughs> yeah, and Zubak, who mm-hmm. is getting a bunch of the minutes, has not been very good. And Serge Ibaka has played like eight minutes, and he can stretch the floor better. I think he's better defensively. That's what they need. Like all their all their centers can shoot, yeah. So put Serge Ibaka, who's a better defender, at least on the perimeter, and he can also stretch the floor. He doesn't have to just clog up the paint and have butterfingers like Zubak has had. And there's just so many things that seem so obvious that they're just not doing. And they're going to be going to Dallas down 2-0. Like this looks really really bad for them. Yeah, and they just Dallas just opened up. They're having like seventeen thousand fans, which is. <laughs> A Texas. lot. Yeah. And I mean, it, if we're being honest, you know, you said it, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have been fine offensively. They've just gotten no help early. Like, I, yeah, they, they haven't been good defensively. They haven't stopped anything. But also it's it, it's the, the Mavericks have been able to make it just Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on offense, which isn't going to really as good as those two players are. It's not going to beat any team in the NBA playoffs. You're going to need contribution from role players. Yeah, and, and I I think it shows the it. lack of leadership on this team too. Like mm-hmm. if Rondo's your best leader and he's not even starting, I don't know how far you're going to go because they need somebody like Paul George or Kawhi who is going to be one of their best players to step up, and that's just not them. And I think yeah. that's one of the biggest problems with this team. They scapegoated Doc Rivers to say he's out of here, but – he was not the problem. Ty Lue yeah. is not the coach who's going to make somebody a leader. He worked with LeBron James because of how good LeBron James was at leading this team, leading the Cavs team. And I, I just, the fit is weird. The whole team is weird. Like they have so much talent, even just with those two guys, the role players are supposed to be so good, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. So, I, I saw, I don't know if it was another podcast or a talk show or something. Uh, the question got asked, can Kawhi Leonard be a leader, be the leader on a championship team? Because if we're being honest, Kyle Lowry was the leader in in Toronto. Like in terms of, you know, being that veteran guy that is able to, you know, take, not, not take over a game because we Kawhi was the guy that took over games, but Kyle Lowry was the guy that ran the offense. He ran the team basically. And then obviously with the Spurs, he was with all those, veterans who knew what they were doing um but i mean i don't know if he can i don't know if he can be that leader for in a championship team i did i feel bad for him because like that's just not who he is right and like it's hard to ask somebody like that to do that and like kyle lowry worked because he's like an all-star and he's been on that raptors team for a long time and you're like asking rondo to be a leader who's been there for what like 20 games exactly it's just, I it's it's so weird. And I'm sure like, Rondo gets respect from the Clippers guys, but I mean, he doesn't play enough to to be like you can only do so much from the bench. Like we saw in the playoffs last year. Yes, obviously the Lakers have LeBron, and he's the ultimate leader. But they played Rondo very significant minutes in the playoffs, and he was very good for them. And one of the more important pieces I'd say behind LeBron and AD, he may have been the most important piece in that championship run. 
So I feel like in order for Rondo, and I mean, Rondo was on that team for one year. So I feel like Rondo, if he, to be successful as a leader, he needs to be on the court and he's just not getting that opportunity. I feel like. Yeah. I think they definitely need to play more minutes, even for like Patrick Beverly, who's like, honestly, probably just the same caliber as Rondo defensively. Patrick Beverly just gets under your skin a lot more. And obviously Rondo's better offensively, I think. Um, But I do want to give the Mavericks a little more credit. I feel like Mm -hmm. we've talked about how they're destroying the Clippers because of the Clippers, but they've been really good. And I want to give all the credit to Luca for leading this team because he's making this fun. He's making the entire team rally around him. The role players are stepping up. Chris Stapps has been okay not i not great not bad but i mean he has, he's doing yeah he has been right. putting up second like number two superstar numbers but he's yeah. been doing a role which is yeah. like you expect more from him but he's doing what needs to be done to win this series yeah and then the three-point shooting is has been crazy they're doubling luca he just throws it out to anybody he's such a good passer mm-hmm. uh they're destroying him on the inside too like guys like willie collie stein are coming in and then there's just no stopping them because you have to either guard Luca at the three, or he's going to drop it off to someone, or you're going to get another wide open three. Um, so the offense has been crazy. The Mavs defense hasn't been great, but I mean, it's been good enough because their offense has carried them. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to the Mavs. They've, they've looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's about it <laughs> in that series. Another shocker. Um, at least to me. I mean, I've had this team winning the series, but not like this. The Milwaukee Bucks are up 3-0 on the Miami Heat. Do people are calling the bubble guppies now? Have you, have you seen that? <laughs> Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> it's so funny. And, you know, they're getting their, oh, the Disney Heat type thing, you know. <laughs> but, um, dude, they're just dominating. I don't know what they're, if there's anything else to say. The Bucks are better in every single aspect of their the games that they're playing. Yeah. Miami's offense has been awful, like so bad. Yeah. Jimmy Butler, who I didn't think could have a bad series, he's been terrible. Mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo's been bad. Tyler Hero is shooting like three for 30, and that's like not an exaggeration. <laughs> um, Duncan Robinson has been good, and somehow they go. their offense still sucks so much. Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but a guy like Jimmy Butler, you don't expect him to have a bad series. Like, you expect him to be the guy that's consistent. You can get what you get out of Jimmy Butler, and that's what you're going to – you know that's going to happen. But that just yeah. hasn't been the case, and I feel like the Heat really do need that. I mean, yeah. they also – they've been blown out by 20 each game, so they need a bit more than just that. But, I mean, dude, your little your little bucks <laughs> have looked, looked the part so far. Yeah, and – it's great because like Giannis has been okay, but he's not been putting up like 35, 40 and then yeah, just no. dominating. He's been putting up like 20 points and like 15 rebounds and that's well, been enough. Yeah. And he hasn't has to have to, hasn't had to play very much, you know, considering yeah. they're up by 20 most of the game, which is great for them. And <laughs> yeah, their role I think players it's is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Like, Everybody stepped up. Chris Middleton has been amazing. Drew Holiday has been amazing. All three of those guys defensively have been great. The whole team has been great defensively. I don't know if it's Miami's offense being terrible or Milwaukee's defense being great. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, but it's just the whole team looks amazing. Like this, 
Miami team who didn't change a lot destroyed the Bucks last season. Yeah. And now the roles have just completely flipped. And I don't the Milwaukee's gonna have to go against the Nets next round. So I don't know. That's gonna be a completely different thing. But for what we have seen, I'm really liking what Milwaukee's done so far. And I'm really liking that series. I mean, it will happen. The Nets are on their way to a sweep, I think. And yeah. honestly, the Bucks are too. <laughs> the way the teams have been playing. So I, I'm really looking forward to that series. Um, another good one has been Nick's Hawks. And I love, I love, <laughs> I love that Trey Young has turned into the villain. I think that is it's awesome. awesome. And I, he is leaning into it so much. And it's amazing. Dude, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Listen, I, if we're being honest, I, I started being a basketball fan. I'd say around, it was when the Lakers were shit. Like it was Kobe's like last seasons. So whatever it was, 14, 15, 16. Around there is when I started being a basketball fan and like actively watching. So I never really understood Madison Square Garden in the playoffs. Um, because the last what was it, 2013 was the last time, 2012. Around something then, like yeah. That. Um and dude, they get they're they're pretty crazy. Like Knicks fans are another level. Yeah. Trey Young, shout out to you for being willing to like become a villain there because yeah. they are going to be ruthless. Like I've seen so many memes about him where it's just, it's hilarious, but they're just making fun of him, making fun of his appearance, calling they, saying that he's balding. Yeah, they <laughs> they made a chant saying Trey's balding while he's at the free throw Did line. You see, there were people setting up signs all around Madison Square Garden that said, "This is the chant for tonight: Trey is balding," <laughs> and they were just everywhere, so everybody knew. <laughs> Apparently, Trey is afraid of birds, so people have like <laughs> brought pictures of birds into the stadium. Um, but yeah, he's he's showed up so far, so. Good for him for backing up his play. I mean, he's become the villain, and New York is really leaning into that also where they're going at him. Um, mm. But this series has been so fun, and yeah. I think it's exactly what we thought it was going to be, where it's going to be really close. Atlanta's offense, New York defense. Um, Julius Randle has been terrible so far. Oh, I do want to so talk bad. about that. I, I don't really get it because Atlanta's defense is, like, okay, but it's not, like – fantastic like they they don't have lockdown defenders and he's just not hitting his shots like any of them um i think he's i think part of it is clint capella clint capella is a good defender in the paint and i think part of it is he's forced to take a lot more jump shots which if we're being honest he's gotten a lot better with that but that's not natural julius randall game if you look you know when he was with the lakers he was very bully ball and that's how he got his points and he's, he's done that this year too, but he's also incorporated the three-pointer. And I think he's been forced outside a lot more this series, which the Hawks have done a really good job. Yeah, and he's just not hitting those shots. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, there's so many role players have stepped up on both sides. Um, I don't know if it's Bogdan, Bogdan or Bogdan. I don't know. One of them. One of the um, Bogdanoviches. <laughs> that guy's been good for the Hawks the for the second half of the entire season, and he's still been great. Trey Young, I know he's not the role player, but he's been great. Um, Dude, and then, how about Danilo Gallinari with the playoff oh mohawk? God. Dude, Mans didn't tell anyone and showed up to the stadium with that, and everyone was like, huh? <laughs> hey, I mean, if he thinks it looks good, good for him. But uh, 
it's an it's an interesting thing to look at is all i'm gonna say yeah um but yeah it's this series has been so fun because of how close it is and then because there's just hostility now like these teams like i think that this can become a rivalry and i like it like i really like that Um, and we're gonna see tonight they're back they're going to atlanta so we'll see how hawks fans get i mean i'm sure they're not going to be knicks fans but I mean, Trey Young was hyping them up, you know. We'll see you in the A type yep. thing. So it's gonna be yeah. gonna be fun. I like uh, it. Um, another series, uh, Jazz Grizzlies. Uh, I won't spend too much time on this, but I mean, the Grizzlies won Game One partly because Donovan Mitchell was out. Um, but I mean, dude, Jaw Morant. I'm wearing the jersey. <laughs> I'm a big Jaw guy. If you listen to this podcast, you know this. Um, Dude, he he has exploded in the playoffs. First ever playoff appearance, twenty one years old. I mean, he has. The, I think it was the set. He has the second most points all time in a in your first two playoff games in your career. He passed Luca. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, he's done s- just such a good job of making this an entertaining series. Yeah, this is why people love Jaw so much. His numbers are good for like a second year player but they're not like insane but it's just the potential is obviously there and i think these are the games that show it and they're like yeah this is what he can be and what he put up like 43 or something 47 um, 47 47 <laughs> he was, he points was, yeah he, he took two threes at the end of the game to get the 50 but he missed both of them. <laughs> yeah 47 against the jazz who are a great defensive team yeah who have Rudy Gobert as their center, and, and Ja he, is not supposed to be able to shoot. Yeah, and he has. Game one, Ja shot like six for nine or something, or whatever yeah. it was. And, and then like, against Golden State, he did too. Yeah. Like, he, so, he he's doing his thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I still think the Jazz are going to win this. Just yeah, me too. how good they are, but I love how exciting it is. I think the Jazz last game, even with that performance from Ja, kind of showed like, yeah, I mean, this is – gonna be a fun series but like we are the number one seed like we're the best three-point shooting team in the league right we're also great defensively like no you're not gonna beat us um but either way i think this series is gonna be fun every single game and i love how memphis is keeping it close yeah and then the last series we're gonna talk about you gotta talk about the lakers suns uh it's it was one of the more talked about series it still is uh seven versus two where a seven seed is favored Lakers are up 2-1, and Chris Paul has been hurt, yes. Um, both teams have gotten pretty banged up. This has been a very physical series, like through and yeah. through. Uh, Jay Crowder has struck a nerve with me. Um, I, I didn't like him when the Lakers played the Heat in the playoff, in the finals last year. Um, and, I mean, we saw it last night was the prime example it got to a point the Lakers were up by like 18 and honestly kind of didn't, wasn't the right move because then it ended up being like an eight point game, but there were like three possessions in a row where it was just get it to LeBron and see what he can do against Jay Crowder. And that like, he just didn't pass it, which it was, it was fun. I mean, the, the, the bench was having fun with it. That was fun if you watch that, but, um, yeah, it's been a very physical series, and uh, I think the Lakers are, are, are getting back into full 
full Laker mode. And I think last night was the start of that. Yeah. Last night was the first time I saw like the same Lakers or at least a resemblance of last year's Lakers where it's just like they go on runs where it's their defense is insane. And then their offense is good. Um, I don't think their offense is ever going to be like fantastic, but that defense is amazing. Like they are, if you watch them and their switches on defense, like they'll go double team Booker say, and they're going to have a guy. Boom, 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 boom. If you're watching, if you're listening, you have no idea what I'm doing, (laughs) but like, I feel they're just so quick on defense and they've got so many guys, Caruso, KCP, LeBron, AD, Drummond. All those guys are above average defenders. And to have maybe not Drummond. Maybe but. not Drummond, but he, he he's he's done well. He he he's been good this, Devin this Booker. Series, yeah. But like to have all those guys on the court at the same and Dennis Schroeder too, like that's a dominant defense. Yeah, and the fact that um, DeAndre Aiden is averaging like 20 on like mm-hmm. 85% yeah. shooting and the Suns have made it to hundred points once Yeah, just shows how good at least their perimeter defense has been. And then at least limiting the ball to DeAndre Aiden because I don't know why he's been so good, but he's just not missing. Yeah. He um, missed his first two shots last night in game three. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, um, but like, the Lakers three point shooting has been really, really bad. Yeah. And they're still up two one and they were down. Oh, one people overreacted again. And I don't think this series is over at all. I can see it going to seven, honestly, but people were like, Oh, sons and four sons and five. <laughs> like, man, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when people are going to stop and just like wait until LeBron looks like LeBron and he has and the Lakers yet. look like the Lakers LeBron. I've- LeBron still hasn't been able to drive. I don't know what's wrong with him. We saw but... he started towards the end of last game, and it w- that was like when the Lakers went up by 20 points. And so I yeah. feel like I, I don't – I mean, I'm sure he'll get it by – at some point in this playoff run, he'll get back to – I mean, he's got to for the Lakers to win, I think. Um, and I think he knows that. But, I mean, and also, dude, after – very bad game one. Anthony Davis has looked like the dominant Anthony Davis from like when he was on the Pelicans. Like he's dropped 30, 30 plus points both games with 10 plus rebounds. And that's like the Anthony Davis that everyone kind yeah. of expects. His defense is always going to be there, but he's just been so aggressive in game two and three, drawing mm-hmm. fouls, getting to the free throw line. He got like 30 free throws in the last two games combined. Yeah. Uh, and they're like real fouls. Yeah. Like, People this are is a saying, very physical series. Yeah. People have been talking about how the Lakers are getting bailed out by the refs. So I did want to talk about it a little bit. Like, show me when they're getting bailed out instead of just saying that. Because, yeah. like, the Suns are getting the free throws, too. Like, this is just a physical series. Mm-hmm. Like, people are going at each other. There's no easy baskets this entire series. People are going to get fouled. And Anthony Davis has been down low, drawing fouls, getting to the free throw line. So has Devin Booker. I think he's drawn, like, four or five yeah. like three point fouls three three yeah. shots whatever they're called um and it's just like everyone is going at each other there's been a ton of three point fouls um and flagrants are coming now ejections are coming now three three sons have been ejected cameron Payne, campaign <laughs> jay, jay crowder, crowder devin booker. booker booker was like he had already fouled out but i guess it was an ejection he had to leave the court um yeah but I don't know because that, that was 
dirty. I think that yeah, was, that was dirty. Bad. That like, was just frustration, but it was for sure. I'm sure it was. And I'm sure, you know, he regrets it, but that you can't in the last like 45 seconds of the game. That's kind of, that's, that's shaky there. And that's setting up for him to get a, a loud uh, welcome at Staples center in game four. Yeah. If, if you didn't know what happened, Schroeder went for a layup, was up in the air, and Booker, with two hands, pushed him in the air, like, very aggressively, really hard. And that's how people get injured a lot. So they called a flagrant two on that, which is an automatic ejection. He already had a tech anyway, so if it's just a flagrant one, he would have been ejected anyway, I think. Um, and he had fouled out. He had had six fouls, so he was, yeah, like, he was, he was out of the game. He was no gone for, what. like, three different reasons either way. But, um, yeah, it's – it's getting really chippy. Jay Crowder's always going to talk. LeBron's not going to back down. I don't think he's going to get into a fight, but he's not going to back down. Yeah. And he's going to annoy people. Like the way he was just like smiling and laughing. I know that yeah. the other team didn't like that. So, and I just want to give a shout out. Montrez played zero minutes, got one technical foul. <laughs> um, great work. Great work over there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, Marcus all has been getting the minutes instead of Montrez. So no, that, it's yeah. interesting. That's what the Lakers do. They switch off literally based on the matchup. It's it's either Marcus or Montrezl Harrell, and the other one doesn't play a minute. So yeah. I think this is Marcus all series. I think that's the right call, especially with this Suns team. You need more of like a playmaking big, which he is, and he's. I think Marcus is better on defense than Montrezl Harrell. Um, Mar- Marcus has been very good on defense this series, but um, yeah, I. I Credit Marcus all the Lakers honestly haven't gotten their regular help from role players. Kuz hasn't done too well offensively. Uh, KCP has shot poorly. Wes Matthews hit a, hit a couple good shots in game three. But other than that, I, th- this Lakers team is up two one and they haven't played their best basketball. Yeah. Defensively is, I mean, they're a defensive team. That's what right. they're going to bring. And they're going to bring it every game. Um, but yeah, I think it just shows how good this team is that they can be shooting so poorly. I don't know if they've shot like over 35% from three, like any of the games and they're yeah. still winning. So the Suns have an amazing defense too. So that's part of it, but either way, this, this series has been amazing it's been exciting every single game. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, when's the next game two days from now or one Tuesday, I think. Okay. Yeah. Should be good. Should be good. The rest of the playoffs obviously should be good. It's going to be exciting and we're going to keep bringing you everything you need for the playoffs. Um, again, thank you so much for listening, for watching whatever you chose to do. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, give us a follow, give us a rating, do all of that. Um, and if you made it this far, comment, Jay Crowder is soft. (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening again. And my name is Diego Sandoval for my co-host Logan ring. We are signing off, signing off.